Hey there, welcome to The Hot Slice, the weekly podcast brought to you by Pizza Today magazine. I'm your host, Jeremy White, Editor-in-Chief of Pizza Today, joined by Executive Editor Denise Greer. Hey, Denise. Hello, Jeremy. How are you doing this wonderful week after Thanksgiving? I didn't eat so much that I can't talk to you right now, so that's good. <laughs> Have you had pizza since Thanksgiving? Yes, absolutely. I've had pizza twice since Thanksgiving. <laughs> Did you have uh, the night before Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving oh. Eve? Um, actually, I did not, but that was only because I was with family. So Yeah. But, One of the most popular pizza nights of the year. I did have pizza on Thanksgiving Eve. And uh, like you, I have had pizza since Thanksgiving as well. I, I did the turkey for about three days. Ham, turkey, mashed potatoes, green beans, all the, you know, pumpkin pie. I did that for about three days. And I'm like, okay, enough. Time to reset my system. Time to get high quality fuel in this well-oiled machine and went went straight to, to pizza and instantly felt better. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about today because we but, have a huge special podcast today. I mean, I'm talking special. This is like a, a once a year thing that we do. And I'm going to let you announce it because I just, I think it's cool and it's awesome. And you were the one that went there. Rock on. I was excited. Uh, I went to Ratza in Jersey City, New Jersey, an outstanding pizzeria run by a super passionate, super self-educated pizza maker by the name of Dan Richer. Um, place so outstanding that we named it our pizzeria of the year so when yeah when pizza today readers get their magazine here in, a, in their december issue here in just a few days any any day now depending on where you are located in the united states uh, you will see dan on the cover you will see a very detailed feature inside the magazine uh, with regards to our pizzeria of the year some beautiful photography and layout by josh cowan who made the trip with me uh, the interview with Dan was so much fun, so insightful. The article wrote itself. It was so easy yeah. because Dan is such an articulate guy. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about Ratza. But like I said, we were uh, so enamored with Ratza and Dan that it is our pizzeria of the year. So I got to tell you, because I, of course, have read the story because I edited the story. Um, uh, I think that um, it's it's a beautiful story. And Dan has such a wonderful story to tell. I mean, he has such a unique story uh, as, a, as a pizzeria owner. So I'll be excited for people to read it and to listen to this podcast, because guess who we're talking to? Dan Richer. Dan Richer. Yeah. So I want to know real quick before we get Dan on. Um, yeah. What was your first impression of meeting Dan when you went to uh, New Jersey? Just what a down-to-earth, humble, remarkable human being he is. He's compassionate. He cares about his employees. He cares about his customers. He cares about his vendors. And he cares immensely about the quality of the product he serves to his customers. And um, he leaves no stone unturned in his quest for putting out the best product possible and not just pizza, whether that's a sandwich, whether that is pasta, whether it's butter, you know, we, we didn't 
write about butter in the article, right? We're a pizza magazine. If we were butter today, we could have talked about butter, but Dan makes his own butter at Ratza. And, um, you know, Josh, as we left to head back to our hotel that day, Josh looked at me and he goes, I'll never look at butter the same way again. I mean, this stuff <laughs> happened. And it just goes, look, if you're operating in pizzeria and you care that much about the butter that you serve with your freshly baked bread, that you're making your own butter with care. And it is to that level, because believe me, it was phenomenal. That tells you all you need to know about Dan and how seriously he's taking everything else he's doing in his restaurant. Absolutely. Well, I just know you guys made me drool when I saw the photos because you kept sending them to me from the trip. And that was pretty evil, by the way, because I couldn't have any. <laughs> but now it's going to make me and probably anybody that listened to this podcast want to go visit Dan uh, and try his amazing products. Absolutely. And Dan will be speaking at International Pizza Expo this coming March in Las Vegas. He'll be doing a demonstration as well as um, at least one seminar. And he's super knowledgeable, great guy, a lot of fun to listen to because if you're like me, if you're a sponge, if you're a naturally curious person who wants to continually acquire new knowledge, no better person than Dan to sit down with for an hour and just listen to. Oh, yeah. And we'll get him geeking out on this podcast right now. So let's, uh, let's, let's, talk, let's just hop right into talking to Dan. Let's do it. Your pizza is more than a craft, it's your legacy. Make it extraordinary with Baccio Exceptional Italian Pizza Cheese. Created by expert cheesemakers for a superior melt, endless stretch, and its signature kiss of buffalo milk, a taste that is rich and creamy beyond compare. Build your legacy with monthly cash rewards and marketing support through the Baccio Gold Club. Schedule a demonstration at BaccioCheese.com slash hot slice. Pizza is your legacy. Build it with Baccio. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. Dan, first off, congratulations, my friend. Uh, the cat is out of the bag. We have named Razza the Pizzeria of the Year. That's 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 a pretty cool thing, right? That's amazing. Yeah, I've been reading the magazine for decades now. By the way, decades. It's out. Have you seen it yet? No. <laughs> that's because we all get it first, but you'll have it within. One to three business days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for making that happen. Denise, hold that up so Dan can see the cover. Again All right, really here quick. you go, Dan. It's a good shot, man. Yeah, it's a great shot. Uh, and the, the feature is just as pretty. Josh did such a dynamite job with taking the photos. If anybody doesn't know, that's Josh Cowan on our team took the photos. And it, it's really spectacular. Like, if you've never seen the pizza is there <laughs> like, this is just amazing so i won't i won't sneak it and tell you anything else though until now you know the article was out. easy to write dan is so um articulate and so knowledgeable that um 
really, I literally just had to type up his quotes and transcribe them. And I was like, crap, the article's already done because Dan said it all. It was super easy. <laughs> it's a great article, Jeremy. And your story, Dan, is amazing. Um, you. you know, I, I hope we get into it a little bit with this, uh, with this podcast. Um, but can you talk, talk to us a little bit about the restaurant and because um, your start is so unique with this one. And a lot of people maybe have felt what you felt at the beginning um, of building your concept. Yeah. Uh, so are we talking about the beginning of my story, my first well, restaurant or? Let's talk about one? the transition of going from you had a restaurant, but then mm -hmm. decided that, that that wasn't the avenue you were going to take and, and pursue this restaurant instead talk to us a yeah, little bit so i i i um i started my first restaurant in 2006 i bought a failing restaurant that had two wood-fired ovens uh, and i turned it around over the course of 10 years uh, about five years in i started Ratsa, where i'm currently located uh, and that was a very slow start uh, we were not able to uh, <laughs> survive, really. Uh, it's amazing that we actually made it through. Uh, the first four years, we were really struggling. Uh, couldn't get people in the door besides for Friday, Saturday. Um, and it wasn't until I decided to sell the first restaurant to focus on Jersey City. Uh, six months later, we had a line out the door. Um, and it's because I wasn't, I wasn't present as much as I wish I could have been in both locations. So, um, yeah, once I let go of the successful restaurant and focused on the, the struggling one, which I always love a good struggle. I think we, <laughs> we grow more through struggle than through success. Um, and you know, success, a successful restaurant is, is amazing, but, um, I am always looking to grow and to change and to, to get better at it. And when every day you got to line out the door, it's, it was difficult for me to, to change things and to, to really grow the business, um, in a, not just a financial way, uh, because financial growth is, is is great and it it is the reward, but it's not the um, the thing that excites me. Uh, connect connection is what really excites me. Talking to people and being present in their lives and letting them into my life, whether it's my team or guests or even vendors. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I love being part of people's lives. And when I was splitting my time between the two restaurants, I didn't. I wasn't, I didn't have that, those deep connections that, that I, I crave. You know, one of the things you, you told me while I was there uh, interviewing you and it, it made the article and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember your exact wording, but basically you said when you made that decision to close the first restaurant, which at that time was highly successful and Ratso was struggling, as you said, didn't know if you were going to make it. And you made that bold decision to walk away from the very successful restaurant and focus on the failing restaurant that a weight was lifted off your shoulders because you felt like you were now part of the team. You were there with your staff, interacting with them daily, mentoring, guiding, assisting, um, 
working side by side with your crew and you said you actually for the first time actually felt that you were part of that team and that's when everything blossomed and i found that very insightful and very interesting um because you can't be two places at once right yeah yeah exactly and in this business the the food is so secondary to the people uh, I feel like the food is maybe 5% of what we do. Most wow. of it is, is team building and, and nurturing the culture of the, of the team. Uh, and it's honestly, it's the most rewarding part for me also watching everyone else around me thrive and grow and, and change and learn new things. Uh, so I focus a lot of my, my mental power on, on that. Yeah. So a quick five minute history, point A to point B. Once you began to focus on Ratsa, how did it go from, I don't know if the doors are gonna make, stay open here in Jersey City, to what it is? Um, so I just put my head down, focused on individual relationships with um, everybody on my team. Um, I, focus more on the food and honestly on the minute details you know the lighting in the bathroom the you know everything all the minute details which i i love so much uh, but it was just really getting people to believe in the success of the restaurant both staff and and guests um and then you know six months later we had a new york times review um, and that just blew the doors right open. And every day since then, we've we've had a, a you know a fairly easy time getting people in the door. Denise, when the New York Times says that you may have the best pizza in the area, and you're not <laughs> yeah. New York, Jersey, that that ruffles a few feathers, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what kinds of things did you hear from, uh, from, a, from across the river? You know, what would what, you hear across the way? Oh, so it was 99% was positive. Excellent. Uh, sure. Yeah. And then there's the 1% that already made it up in their minds that they weren't going to like it, but they just came anyway to check it out. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. You know, that I get it. It's a, it's a really bold statement, but what that article did, uh, is it kind of broke the barrier of location. Um, and I'm a firm believer that location doesn't dictate whether your product is good or bad. Mm -hmm. Look at Chris Bianco in Phoenix, Arizona. Is it about the water? No, it's not about the water. Is it about his physical location being in a different place? It, does it have to be in New York? No. Location doesn't dictate whether your product is good or bad. It's ingredients and technique. Yeah, um, and, and that article kind of broke that broke that barrier for for the world. Mm -hmm. And you've certainly become kind of this, you know, people are looking at Dan Richer as like this person that really knows what it takes to make a good pizza. Um, you know, you're, you know, with your product, how are you able to consistently have that have that stature of this quality pizza every single time with your team okay so the 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 best thing that i did for our product and for our team is to create a 
a document. It's like a five or six page document uh, that details what our pizza is. It's a, it's a product mm -hmm. guideline. It's a spec sheet. It's a set of blueprints uh, because I felt like I could never hold my team accountable for something that I didn't clearly define and train them with. So I created this like 56 point evaluation evaluation system for our pizza with very detailed characteristics that we're trying to create with every pizza. Uh, and that's what I use to train my staff. I used it on a daily basis to hold them accountable for uh, sending out pizzas that are up to up to our standard. Like we can't hold them to our standards if, if we don't clearly define what our standards are. Uh, and because we have this evaluation system uh, and this set of blueprints, now we're able to actually change our product. Um, as long as the product falls within the guidelines, then we can we can change our flour, we can change our our fermentation time and temperature, we can change things which allows my team to learn and grow. Because when, when we're just successful on a daily basis with a specific pizza recipe, nobody's learning anything. Nobody's learning how to be a better baker, mm -hmm. uh, a better pizza maker. It's when we change things that it gives us the opportunity to grow and to learn. Now, I love the oh, go experiment. Ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, Denise, I love that Dan is always experimenting, tinkering, trying yeah. to evolve, trying to improve. Um, Dan is undergoing a renovation right now. He's expanding into the space directly adjacent to Ratza. It's going to have a large dining room. But in that new space, there is a, a dough room, a dedicated dough room. That's that is awesome. Climate controlled, um, fresh water coming in at a specific temperature uh talk about about this yeah. investment yeah i'm yeah, curious so we, i'm very curious about the dough. we invested a little bit in in technology and um, as most operators know uh fermentation is a function of time and temperature um, and we try to control as many variables as possible and the one variable that we change on a daily basis is the temperature of our water for dough making uh to meet the conditions of the day, right? If the temperature is a little bit higher or if the flour is uh, warm or cold, we change the water temperature to, to control all of the other variables so that our dough temperature starts, for, our dough starts fermenting at the same time and temperature every day. Uh, so right now what we do is we have two buckets of water, one's ice water, one's warm water, and we're just constantly stirring them together with a little thermometer. Uh, to get the right water temperature for that batch of dough. Well, we invested in some bakery technology that a lot of bread bakers use, which is a water chiller and a water meter. Uh, and the water meter is just a, a, a box on the wall that mixes warm room temperature and ice cold water. Uh, and you can set the temperature and the quantity of water and it doses it out the water right into the mixing bowl. Uh, it's not it, it's not that expensive of technology, but it, you don't really see it in that many pizzerias. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's going to give us a, a easier, more efficient way to to get our dough to the right spot every day. Now, who's Amazing. allowed in that room? Who who Anybody. are your crew? Are your crew fully Everybody. cross trained to be able to oh, yeah. to get in there and make the pizza? That's that's absolutely. Awesome. 
I was in that room, which means <laughs> absolutely anyone could be in that room. Yeah, my goal is to turn it into a, t- a tiny little like two or three pe- person uh, private dining room at night. Oh, wow. Nice. That's you can awesome. sit in the dough room and, and have yeah. the whole experience in a, a little bit more of a private way and fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I, anybody who wants to learn dough making on my team, we always, it's a, it's a communal effort. And there's, you know, especially around the, um, the, the big wooden table that we roll our dough balls on, that's a, 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 a center for conversation. And it's yeah. those conversations about dough, about today's dough, about yesterday's dough, about where we're going, where we've been. Uh, and it's just a really good time to connect with our team. So we always bring as many people around that table as we can fit. That's awesome. How big is your crew anyways? How, how many people do you have employed there? Uh, right now we have about 20. 20? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and once next door gets open, we'll probably push to around 50. Ah, oh, gotcha. And you're talking about your culture. I'm very curious about your culture because, uh, you know, it's such a unique environment, it sounds like. And I'd, I'd just love to learn more about what makes your culture so successful with your crew. Uh, yeah. So a couple of years ago, I set out to um, to really focus on it. And the first, the absolute first thing I did was write our uh, a set of core values for us. Um, and growth is one of them. Um, you know, it's like five different characteristics that, and that's, that's what guides my hiring process. Also, we always hire for culture first and technical skills, technical skills can, can be learned, but a cultural fit is the most important thing. So we spend a lot of time hiring the right people, uh, because it just makes everything flow a lot, a lot easier. I can teach you how to make dough, make pizza, can teach you the technical skills. I can't teach you to be an empathetic, caring individual. Um, so we really hire based on those core values. And anytime, uh, anytime we can, we're, we're building on those. And, um, but really, it's a, a culture of empathy and care for each other first and foremost. I love it. Denise, Dan has a new book out, and we're definitely. 100% going to get to that. Dan, yes, definitely promote that book. Wait a minute, I can't see it. There you it's go. Blurry. <laughs> it's blurry. But before we get to that, I have a there quick question. Fermentation. You, you are very um, passionate about fermentation and, and the process. You have really um, invested a lot of time in researching the science behind it, the biology, how it works, what it does for the finished product. Where did your interest in fermentation come from? Uh, why did you nerd out on this so much? And what has it done for your product? Okay, P- pizza is a flatbread with condiments baked onto it. Mm-hmm. That's my like catch-all definition. Um, so bread is a fermented product. I just, I started studying fermentation because pizza is a flatbread. And yeah. if we don't understand fermentation, we're never going to make fantastic pizza. So it was all in pursuit of making a better pizza because this, this business is such a meritocracy and the better our product is, the happier we make our guests and the more that often they come back. It's very, very simple. Uh, 
make a good product, people come back. So the more we invest in ourselves and study and learning and, and really trying to understand what it is that we're doing, uh, the happier you make your guests. It's just, yeah. it's very simple. So I started studying I love it. fermentation of all, of all types, because once you start fermenting one thing like pizza dough, uh, it always leads you into other avenues like making your own beer and making cheese and fermenting cream to make sour cream or creme fraiche, uh, making pickles, fermenting chilies to make uh, your own chili sauce. Uh, it It's kind of, once you understand how to harness that very natural process of fermentation, uh, a whole world of food opens up and uh, you're, you kind of get to control nature a little bit or you get to at yeah. least be a part of it. Uh, what is and it's, the key? it's just a very engaging. Yeah, what is the key to harnessing fermentation? What do you mean by that? So understanding your, your raw material, um, say wheat flour, right? That's, that's what you're fermenting. And then understanding uh, how to control it through the quantity of inoculation of that yeast or bacteria or both. Um, you know, so commercial yeast is the agent of fermentation and uh, using the right quantity of it, but also managing it managing its life cycle through time and temperature uh, that will lead to a mediocre product or a really fantastic one. The better we can control those elements of inoculation quantity and then time and temperature, it, it can lead to really fantastic, delicious pizza that has flavors and a texture that you cannot get otherwise. That's the art, right? Or, or is that is that the joy of pizza for you? Uh, so for me, the joy of pizza is the is the journey and the connectivity. Uh, it's the journey of of learning, uh, trying new things, but also meeting people along the way. Whether it's a guy with uh, a herd of cows that milks them and make cheese, and learning about him, his family, his cows, what the cows are eating, uh, what the cows are eating in April versus November. Uh, learning about him, the cheesemaker fermenting his product, uh, you know, getting the milk and then inoculating it with uh, beneficial bacteria to increase the acidity to, uh, to help the stretch of the mozzarella. Like what they're doing and what we're doing is so similar that we bond over these things and we get to use his fantastic cheese on our pizza that changes throughout the year based on what the cows are eating. It's just all so so special and to learn and to meet and connect over pizza. Uh, you know, pizza is this platform for, for so many different people, whether it's a tomato grower, a tomato canner, or a, a basil breeder, uh, you know, it, it's this platform for connectivity that I just, I'm so lucky that I found pizza that I, I use it to connect with so many different people and learn so many different things. Denise, the passion that that's, that's yeah. what I love. That's what attracts me. And that's what I just adore is the passion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, you definitely hit the mark. You know, something I'm curious about before, cause I want to talk about your book, but one thing I want to know just personally, 
who do you look up to in pizza? Like, who are your idols? Who are your mentors? Like, who, who do you look up to? I mean, a lot of people, but I didn't, I didn't learn from anybody. I, mm-hmm. I jumped into this business right after college. I made my first pizza maybe six months after I graduated college. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't stopped. I never worked for anyone. Yeah. Uh, but obviously there's a ton of pizza makers that came before me and uh, they've added to the dialogue. I'm just thankful that I get to start to continue that conversation about pizza. Uh, but people like Chris Bianco, Anthony Mangieri, uh, Anthony Mangieri from Una Pizza Napolitana, his pizza was, uh, I didn't want to, do anything like him. But when I bit into his pizza for the first time and smelled the flavors and tasted the flavors of fermentation, that's what really drew me to, it made me start to study bread making because I'd never tasted flavors in pizza dough like his. Um, So that's what really drew me to bread baking. Um, now he makes Neapolitan style pizza. I don't, I, we don't do that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and his product is fantastic. So I love him. Uh, and then there's, there's tons of people all throughout the country. And now that's you. I mean, you are somebody's, right. somebody's mentor, somebody's idol, somebody's listening to this podcast right now saying, oh my goodness, if I could only, you know, learn what Dan learned. So, and you have a way to yeah. help them do that. Yeah. And that's, that was one of the main reasons why I wrote the book is because I don't want people to go through what I went through over the past, you know, 18, 19 years making pizza by trial and error. I learned so much over that time that nobody should ever have to go through that ever again. Just get the book and it'll teach you pretty much everything you need to know for a good foundation in pizza making and now it's your your turn. Run with it. Inspire me. Inspire everybody else. Learn as much as you can, but don't start where I started. Mm-hmm. Start here, and let's see what happens. Absolutely. Your book, The Joy of Pizza, was released this month, just just a handful of weeks ago. What has that been like for you, as someone who's operating a pizzeria on the daily? to now all of a sudden be a published author who's doing interviews with the press about a book release. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the, the book is my personal journey in pizza and all the things that I've learned. So for me, it's pretty easy to talk about because I, mm-hmm. you know, I put the time in, I did the work and um, you know, the, the book writing process was two years. Uh, the first year was writing it. The second year was editing and photos and all that good stuff. Um, and so I'm thankful that it's, that it's done, it's out in the world and people are using it and it, it is inspiring people, uh, to, to get better at uh-huh. their pizza journey. Um, uh, and you know, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that it's been received so well. Um, it was named a New York times bestseller, uh, last week, which is beyond my wildest dreams you know pizza is like kind of a single subject and we all love it but i never thought that it would be so well received uh but honestly the the lessons in the book aren't just applicable to pizza Um, we 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 put in our evaluation system and that whole blueprint mentality Mm -hmm. about 
product creation. And you, you can apply that to anything you're making, whether it's a, a pasta dish or a bowl of soup, a grilled cheese, or even not pizza. You know, I, I liken pizza making to other skilled trades like uh, cabinet making and uh, steel welding, where you have one raw material and the more you understand it and the more you practice it, the, the better you get at it. Uh, so that evaluation system of the set of blueprints can be applicable to anything you, you choose to do. Just decide what you want to do, what you want to make, and then really pick it apart. And then you can put it back together with a set of blueprints. Like you can't build a house without a set of blueprints. Then you're right. hammering boards and nails together. You have to identify what it is you're trying to make. And then it's that much easier to create it. Amen. Denise, you, you and others will be able to meet Dan in person uh, at International Pizza Expo 2022 in Las Vegas. Dan will be doing some presentations there, uh, sharing some of his knowledge. Uh, super excited to, to get him out to Las Vegas. Um, do you have any closing questions for Dan before we get out of his hair and let him get back to his busy day? Oh, I, you know, I could sit here and we can talk all day because I, I, like I like to talk to you. So, um, but uh, the one question I will ask you is, you know, what's next for the restaurant? Where, you know, um, where do you hope to, to go with the restaurant and uh, what are you looking forward to? Oh, man, uh, it's a good question. Uh, so we are doubling the size of the restaurant. So in the next, you know, 12 months to, you know, five years, that's going to be my, my primary focus um, is not just getting that up and running, but really uh, building more of our, of our team and continuous building of the culture. Um, I just like being here. So I, I have no interest in having five or 10 restaurants uh, in the United States. I'd like to go international. That'd be great. Um, you know, have a restaurant in Dubai and Hong Kong, but that's, that's a pipe dream right now. For now, I'm just really happy being here in this one space with my team and with our guests. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let me be one of the first to, to say congratulations on, uh, on all your congrats. success and congrats on the Pizzeria of the Year Award. So we're, we're excited to share your story and it will be available on pizzatoday.com. So uh, it's going to be there tomorrow morning. It's a dream, a dream for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well deserved, Dan. Congrats, my friends. And thank you for your time today, as always. You guys right. are the best. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank, well, thank you. you so much. All right. Thank All right, you. Bye. 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 -bye. Bye.